up in the air by Sanchez. Grabbed and running down the field is Brown, part of the hands team, and he takes it all the way. That's a pretty good way to finish in style. Welcome, everybody, to the Transatlantic Titans podcast. We are the eight and three Titans. It's becoming a habit doing these after winning a game. After another upset, arguably. Adam here hosting. I've got Miles, Brian and Greg all here as well. So hello, everybody. Evening. Hey, hey. Hey. We're all... I don't, well, I don't think I can quite believe how well this last fortnight's gone. Um, so... We're all in an unbearably good mood, apart from Greg, obviously, who's moaning about you know, the not scoring enough points in the third quarter or something like that. Three points um, field goal, not good enough. Well, it yeah, it depends, depends what, you, what you're looking for. I mean, personally, I was just looking for a win and we got exactly that. 45-26 actually probably <laughs> flatters the Colts. That's how good a performance it was. Um, we'll start at the beginning. Um, the Titans start with the ball and look really good on the first possession driving down the field. It became instantly obvious. Um, I'll start start with you, Brian. It became instantly obvious that the Colts couldn't stop Derek Henry after everything we were saying last week. Um, yeah, uh, just talk about that man for starters. Well, first off, I want to hold my hands up and say I got last week's prediction very, very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, without Buckner being in there, they were missing a few guys, uh, was it Autry as well, in, in the middle. But, uh, yeah, that man was playing on another level in the first the first half of the other day. He was just he was just unstoppable. Angry, Derek, like we like to see. I, I don't remember really seeing such... We've seen so many dominant performances from Derek Henry, and... Yeah, particularly when our O-line clicks, which it certainly did on Sunday. Um, but I don't remember it happening so obviously so early in a game. Um, the Such a statement with that first drive. And we ha- we scored a touchdown against Baltimore on the first possession of pre- the previous week. But this seemed even more dominant. Um, Miles, I mean, after that, however, the Colts got the ball. I mean, it happened that their first two possessions, it didn't look like the Titans defense had a prayer in, in stopping them. Um, how how did you see the game going at 14-all? That's probably the question. How confident were you at that point? I mean, luckily, I went into the game slightly more optimistic than Brian. I, I thought we were going to score <laughs> about six touchdowns on him. But at the rate it was going, it looked like it was going to be a proper shootout where both teams were going to get six. Um, the defence at the start just looked like they had done all season, just looked like they folded quite easily and was allowing silly plays, really, and making Rivers look like a decent quarterback, which we all know he isn't. And it was just it was just the way that it, it, something clicked. I, I couldn't really... I was trying to work out, was it down to like a particular play or something? But it just seemed to be that it was like an arm wrestling match at the start. And then they once they'd been, shall we say, destroyed for the third time by Henry, they just thought, you know what, we can't do this all game. It's almost like they had to put everything in it to try and keep up with us early on. I mean, yeah, I, I, I honestly thought it was going to look more like a shootout, but the defence decided to get their acts together and, and show up a little bit and show a bit of pride, which was really good to see because the last time we played the Colts, that definitely wasn't there. Yeah, I think a lot. Of, I think it flipped 
Um, the particularly up front, the O lines and D lines, um, totally different from a fortnight ago. Um, from both sides, fourteen apiece. I mean, we had it was our you know Tennessee star men showing up. Derek Kemry, AJ Brown with the Matt Neely touchdown, the sixty-nine yarder on a second possession. That yeah got got me off my feet. I don't know. I don't know how you can not enjoy that. Um, but I, I thought at 14 apiece, um, the Titans' next possession, we punted the ball, which is fine. The goat's back. Um, four punts out of four, by the way, inside the 20. But at that point, Greg, um, I'm a bit nervous. 14 apiece, and the Colts have got the ball again. And yeah, we haven't been able to stop them. Yeah, I kind of thought first team to. Uh to shut down a drive was probably going to go on and win it. And I was wrong in that case for sure. I think, yeah, no, um, it looks like it's going to be a shootout. That stop did worry me because they were moving the ball easily, but the defense has stepped up. And I think that's a huge credit to, I mean, first quarter and the beginning of the second quarter, you know, I don't think defensively would look particularly great. I think they were moving the ball far too easily. Um, but then something just kind of switched in that second quarter and, and, I think it was, I can't remember how many points. Was it 24 points unanswered between the sort of second and third quarter, maybe? can't yeah. remember. So we went 14-7 down, I think, and then we scored, yeah, 21 for half time. So it just it just became a, a it was all offense, really, that, that quarter. I mean, and it was all, let's face it, Derrick Henry um, with, you know, a bit of helping hands from from AJ Brown and Corey Davis. Um Going in, going in at half time, it was, it was just, you never thought we'd be, be in that position of, of scoring, uh, of scoring, what was it thirty-five points before the half, and it, it kind of did feel like game over. But you also know, as, as <laughs> never, a Titans fan, never. it's never game over. Uh, but 20, 21 points up at half time, you're thinking, surely, surely not. <laughs> you're not, you're not going to be expecting, uh, expecting us to kind of slip up from here. But like, it was just, it was just a, a class performance. I think Derek Henry, um, it was the first game I've seen Derek Henry, like Derek Henry normally gets bottled up for 50, 60% of the time because, you know, there's so much focus on him. He was just getting five, six, seven yards without even trying at times. It just felt like this wasn't a Colts defense that we've seen at any point this season. Um, it was, it was just, uh, I, I, yeah, I take Brian, your point on board, you know, Buckner missing, but I, I think that they are excuses at the end of the day. It's got to be next man up. It's got to be, you know, you look at our, our defense this year and the players that we've been missing and the players that have made big plays for us. And they're not actually players who are, are, are starters. You look at borders, we'll talk about later and others. So I don't, well, look, I'm not gonna... look at the O-line. That's, that's the case. Yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. the, uh, Third choice left tackle. Okay, Saffold and Jones are back, but um, it's we've gone through some players on 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 the O line and just the way that we totally dominated there, you know, against the against the Indy front seven. That's you know, Henry could have done what he liked. It, I think the only reason yeah. he didn't go for two hundred and fifty three hundred yards was just the fact that you know he had to just to save him in the second half. He yeah, could have absolutely. Done. And I think um, there's there's someone who is a starter but hasn't got anywhere near as much credit as he should have, and I think he should have got a lot more credit for the. I wasn't on last week, but the you know the game-winning touchdown against Baltimore, and, and it's Nate Davis. He, the guy's just throwing in blocks, left, right, center, and and making yeah, big, Brian, big Brian, plays. You gave him you gave him a bit of love, Nate, didn't you? 
And he's he's yeah. just for me he's stepped up massively and, and a guy in his I think he's in his second year if memory serves you right he wasn't a, a really high draft pick and he just seems to be coming you know coming of age almost but having Saffold back was 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 key I think um, if we'd gone in with with Questenbury and and I don't know what Jamil Douglas or or someone else at guard. Uh, um, then I think you know it might have been a different story to some extent, but uh, we didn't. We started someone else last week. Um, yeah, what's the geese someone, now? Someone tell me his name. <laughs> I'm up there. Thank there you. you. <laughs> nearly, nearly forgot. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we'd started, I think those two, then maybe it would have been different. I think Saffold having him back was huge. But yeah, absolutely, the O line has, has been outstanding considering the players that we've missed. And I think it might be a new Brian who sent something in the WhatsApp group around um, passing rating for Tannehill with. Luan and without Luan and obviously it was yeah you see so you know that that O-line has has been impacted by losing Luan but you wouldn't have known it on on Sunday because Henry was just was just they were just finding gaps for him left right and center against albeit without Buckner it's still a decent Colts defense let's face it it was it was clear I mean yeah 14 apiece we got stopped but then so did they but it was clear that the Titans offense was capable of doing the job that was very obvious um, but what became clear was that the Titans' defense were capable of doing a job. Um, Brian, how about that second quarter performance to stop uh, stop Indianapolis scoring? <laughs> Basically, it's all. You can see by the grin on my face, you just brought it all back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we came up with a stop when we needed one, and then I think just that, that touchdown just before the half, you know, just when we were saying in the WhatsApp group, we should just go get one more now, just, you know, to take the mick. And then we actually <laughs> did. And it was just like, it couldn't have, I, said, I think I said to you, when was the last time we scored 35 in the first half? And you actually nailed it and got it correct. I think it was 2008, <laughs> was it? Oh, well, I've no idea if that's true. Thanksgiving it is 2008. True. I it. Well, uh, well, I mean, I've no idea if we haven't done it since. Was, but um, I'd be surprised. <laughs> uh, it, it was... I mean that that was an absolute beating that day against against the 0 and 16 Lions as it turned out to be, uh, but that sequence before half time it was it was huge. You know the the Colts were struggling a bit and all of a sudden Philip Rivers is under a bit of pressure. The Hines who'd shown flashes early on sort of disappeared and they were struggling to to move the ball. Um, it was a weird sequence because we had Breon Borders dropped the pick six right in his hands and I was sort of fearing for him. That's one of those moments. I mean, he, I'm sure he'd be the first to admit his eyes lit up um, when he saw that ball coming towards him. There's, this, there's no way he's doing anything but taking it all the way back. Um, and that would, have been, that would have been the fifth touchdown, I think, and it would have left the Colts with a minute and a half to go to have, have a shot themselves. Actually, as it turned out, um, we got the stop anyway and had time to, to score anyway. So it, it meant that it actually helped, um, ironically, um, because we were closer to half-time, the clock was managed better. It was a weird sequence on our possessions. We went run-run pass with not that much time left on the clock, and you're thinking, oh, it's fourth down and short. That was a waste. And even, not just a waste, but there were still a few seconds left on the clock. And then we go for it on fourth down. Corey Davis-Miles... Um, how about that catch? Yeah, I think the moment the catch happened, we were all sort of a bit, I don't know if it was just me, but you was expecting to see the replay and just see the ball bounce on the floor and just goes an incomplete pass. And uh, uh, I know what he's got under it well. And 
he's forced a lot of people to do the question of, do you know what? It would be yeah. actually quite difficult to not give him a contract at this moment in time because we all said at the start, he was he was basically a go out there and prove it to us that you deserve a contract. And he's doing he's doing the same as what he done last year in terms of blocking. I don't know many better blockers. Like the amount of times that you see him downfield making blocks for Henry is unreal. But then also to now get the receiver numbers on there, I feel like that since Brown's come in, moments as well. Like it's that, the moment Brown's come in, it's almost like the pressure's gone and people forgot that Davis was a first round pick. And it's just go out there and play, which is exactly what he's doing. And week in, week out, he's 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 making unbelievable catches at, like you said, complete clutch moments and. I know personally I'm leaning towards the you can't not give him a contract at this moment in time. Anything can happen between now and the end of the season. But why wouldn't you pay the guy at this moment in time? It's it's, it's funny, isn't it? Each week we're leading closer and closer towards yeah. wanting wanting to pay the man. Um, it's such a it's such a difficult thing with the the numbers though, isn't it? How about that play call afterwards, um, where it was a bit like the two point conversion in Baltimore everybody's expecting the ball to go to Henry as it had in similar situations already. And then Tannehill just walking in untouched. Got to love that. Uh, unless you're a fantasy owner of Derek Henry. Although he'd already treated you quite well in that first half. Oh, come on. What do you want from the guy? <laughs> but to until, expect until, Tariq Hill, until Tariq Hill's playing and then all of a sudden well, you think, oh, for Christ's sake. I was going to say, I'm an owner of Tyreek Hill, but I'm not an owner of Derek Henry. So Hill did make me happy. But no, it's 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 almost one of them where it's like, it's so predictable, it's not predictable. Everyone expected Henry to get the ball. Like, everyone was expecting it. But at the same time, it's almost like, but then it's also so predictable to just not give him the ball. And that, But yeah, brilliant play calling. Like you said, the exact same from the week before. And it, it was just... It, it was almost the perfect first half. I'm sure we can pinpoint a couple of moments where our defence looked shaky, but can't ask for much more than 35 points against Colts first half, can you? That drive, that drive has to be like the best worst drive ever, though, right? I mean, it was like clock management was pretty poor on it. The, the, like you mentioned, Adam, the the run run pass, so the, the clock stopped to then turning into the greatest drive of all time with the, the fourth down conversion <laughs> and then a, and then a, a, a fake handoff to Henry and a little nice little run through for, for Tannehill. It just was one of the, you couldn't get more Titans than that drive. You, you literally went from what the hell are they doing? Why are they giving Colts any time left on this clock? Cause I think there was, must've been about what, 30 seconds plus on the clock when, when we went on fourth down and you're thinking you're out of field goal range. Um, you just think, what, what are you doing to, Absolute delight and uh, Arthur Smith's a genius. <laughs> that so often happens though. It's like if you go back, you go back over a game and think of, think about it afterwards. Yeah, we've nailed that. But yeah. at the time, you're you're scratching your head, and that that says that the coaching staff probably know more than we do. Yeah, mm. some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, it just it just made me think of um, the Irish Titans and Terry Rubisky that sequence. Um, but Terry Rubisky wouldn't have called that play on fourth down, and he certainly wouldn't have called the giving it to Tannehill on the goal line. Um, couldn't guarantee that. Um, Half time. Who out of the four of us thought that they could relax and just assume the game was over, Miles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To me, the the game was done before then, and as much as we all know as Titans fans that there's every chance that a team can come back, it just. 
Rivers looked like a man who has a thousand kids who looked tired at the end of a long year. He just didn't want to be there and didn't want to play. Oh, wait, that's exactly <laughs> what Rivers is. always comes down to Rivers' kids. Oh, it does. It must, must be such hard work for him. And then to go out there and suck as much as he does, it can't be that you can't be easy on the on the poor guy. But he just looked defeated. There was just a look in his eye. It was, always, it, was a, it was just a look of, yeah, we've lost. Can I just get myself home and look after <laughs> so me? He lends himself to the, the memes of the expressions on his face on the sideline. You'd have that um, face, though, if you had to go home and tell 300 kids that you've lost a game. Like, I mean, you've got to tell them one by one. It's going to take you all night. <laughs> You'd have that face. You'd have that expression. Um, I've got to cover the fact that at halftime, um, well, for the second week in a row, our game was on Sky. At halftime, Neil Reynolds made me laugh. Um, there was, I don't know if you saw, that the, a couple of Colts fans decided to get married at halftime in the stadium. Um, and Neil Reynolds said, yeah, Derek Henry's probably ruined their wedding. <laughs> Nicked all the sausage rolls, I think he said, or something. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Um, Brian, were you comfortable at halftime? Or were you a bit like me? Like I wanted to see two or three possessions in the second half go our way uh, first. I, I was comfortable. I think I, I said something and you told me to behave myself. <laughs> Surely we can't mess this up now. And then you just said, Please don't. <laughs> Something along those lines. The thing is, the Colts came back against the Packers last week. They were, okay, not from as far. Um, they've done it a couple of times this year. Philip Rivers can be a bit streaky. Like, whatever you say about him, I mean, the, the way they played two weeks ago in the second half, I, I'm, I wasn't quite... I never, I never relax. Like the, the, but this, the way... Games like that can go. He loves he loves just slinging it about though, doesn't he, Rivers? Like he just he literally is the the king of just I'll just go for deep throws, hope to get a, a DPI call and move down the field, and all of a sudden you just chalk them off one by one. I, I was I was I wasn't comfortable in, until the interception. Borders yeah, interception. borders as it happened. Uh, I I was that's when I kind of thought surely from here this has got to be game over. But then all of a sudden, I think after we scored the field goal, they scored a couple of touchdowns, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and that then started getting me a little bit tetchy again. And all of a sudden, I think it's a 12-point game. And I'm thinking, this, this is, this, maybe this isn't over yet. Um, so truly, it wasn't until AJ Brown took the, took the onside kick through to, yeah. the, uh, to the end. That, that, was, that was the only time I genuinely was like, I can, you know, I can now lay down and chill out and just enjoy the last two minutes. But... Yeah, before that, I was still a little bit, still a bit touchy. Um, we do, we'll judge the 2020 team on what teams of years gone by might have done in the same situation, which is probably unfair. Um, how about that onside kick, uh, Brian? I mean, how do you have, like, AJ Brown's on the hands team for obvious reasons, um, but to have the balls, not just to grab it, fall down, to have the balls to think, do you know, yeah, I'm going to go for another highlight reel here. I, th- I think the best part of it is the fact that they've actually caught him on mic'd up saying he was going to take it to the house anyway. <laughs> so that, that was <laughs> they, they got that. That's Oh, that's yeah, amazing. It wasn't quite quite as it as it seemed at first, like uh, oh, the first said it was said, but yeah, it's, it's among the, the lines of <clears throat> if I take this to the house. Anyway, they've, they've caught it. They haven't released the full, the full thing yet. 
or at least I hadn't earlier. But uh, yeah, I mean, is, is there anything that actually when you watch the play, I didn't actually see him catch the ball at first. It was kind of like I think my eyesight is terrible. But uh, it skipped up quite of, high. In fairness, yeah, though. like kind, it kind of, of they kicked mm. the ball and I didn't see the ball, and then the next thing, AJ's just away. Yeah, it wasn't like, the best angle to quite see what was going on, which makes me yeah. panic. Like I, I want to know that someone's recovered this, um, but it it was so quick. You know, he's he's away. He's gone. <laughs> and and as as had the game. Well, the game. Well, some of us think it was earlier, but no. For me, that was the moment that we'd clinched it for sure. He's deceptively fast because he doesn't actually look that fast when he's running, does he? It's kind of like Henry, though, as well, isn't it? It's kind of like Henry, though. You kind of think like you watch Henry running, you kind of. You see him accelerate away from people, but he doesn't look like his legs don't look like they're going that fast. He's just got yeah. those strides that just makes him go. And I think AJ is similar to that. Uh, AJ just does this thing, though, when he when he's running in for a touchdown, actually, I think touchdown in the first half was a good example of this. He just trots over the line and I'm just like, just 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 run, just run. Stop it. Stop doing this to us. I'm expecting like a DK Metcalf situation where he's already half celebrating oh, and he gets knocked out of his hands or something. But yeah, that does give me uh, does give me nightmares and wonder if that's going to ever happen. But he just seems to trot casually, but he still outpaces him on a trot. So he gave a very impressive interview afterwards. They stuck him. It, interviews are a bit odd because of COVID. Um, uh, but yeah, this he stood in the middle of the field on his own with a mic in front of him, and you've got the guy interviewing him you, who he can see, but twenty yards away. Um, really impressive account of it. It's like he doesn't come across like a second year into the league young wide receiver he comes across as a veteran speaking speaking really well um obviously he's he's quite humble as well he's just he's a really likable guy um i don't see i mean it's 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 difficult you always fingers fingers crossed i mean greg i know you're concerned about the the knee injury um that he supposedly has this bruise bruising or whatever that he's been managing all year but yeah nobody can catch him so uh, until that changes uh, just on just on the injury uh, do you think it's just bruising I mean we talked about Clowney having the I can never pronounce it the the issue that he obviously has which is one of those ones that can either irritate and and drag you down a little bit or if it snaps it's it's season done and obviously he's gone on to IR but I'm not sure I don't think he's saying it's the same but it does he's definitely having issues with it and Whilst you know it's great that he's doing what he's doing, I hope, prayed God that nothing, nothing ever comes anything worse than what he's he's had so far, and I'm hoping it's nothing too serious. But it definitely feels like, you know, if this wasn't midway for a season or over over midway for a season, um, yeah, that he wouldn't, he's not kind of just going out there and potentially putting himself in any kind of longer term harm, but. You don't really want him off the field right now. He missed a couple of weeks earlier in the year. You want him out there. You want him doing what he's doing. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, eight and three. So here, here we are. Um, the Colts have. Well, now they don't have the tiebreaker. So it felt. That's why. That's another reason. It was a huge win. Um, I mean, a lot has to go very wrong for the Titans to not make the playoffs. But the division was on the line as well. Um, and that is so much easier having got the tie break back um, and eight, eight and three atop the AFC South schedule coming up. Um, Browns, Jags on the road, um, 
the Lions, then the Packers on the road, and then the, the Texans on the road to finish. Um, I mean, it, it, it should look good, really. Um, the Browns next, um, who are also 8-3, and three, which is quite incredible in itself. Um, 2020 has come up with some very strange, very strange things indeed. Um, like the Titans, obviously Nick Chubb is very, very hard to stop. I think we're yeah, we're going to see a lot of rushing on both sides of the ball in, in this game. I mean, after going on the road to the, the Ravens and the Colts, I'm feeling pretty good about facing the Browns at home, which probably means it's a it's a disaster. Um, Brian, did you say on WhatsApp that you thought we're going to lose again? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I just for some reason I feel like this. This we don't match up too well to what the Browns have got. Uh, and reading that Miles Garrett's back now was 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 not something I wanted to read. Uh, don't get me wrong, we could still beat them. Like you know, they're not amazing, but the six and one with with Chubb this season, and mm. he is a massive factor for them. And he is he is for me he's the next thing, closest thing to Henry, isn't he? For me, like. Um, yeah, out, out of the remaining fixtures, I think this is the, the hardest one. I honestly think, uh, I know you'd, on paper it'd look like it'd be the Packers, but I, I think we match up badly for them. I don't know, I, I, I kind of like, yeah, I, I kind of weigh them up on matchups rather than however the you know the team's been doing. And I just think that there's, there's a few mismatches for us there with the Browns uh, and their run game could cause problems. Okay. Miles, I'll go to you for some more optimism, I hope. Yeah, I think we'll beat Cleveland. I don't think it'll be close. There, yeah, that's I, it. I, that's it. I, I agree. Miles, Miles Garrett is, is arguably, if he didn't have these past two weeks that he's missed with COVID, is right up there for Defensive Player of the Year. He's been unbelievable. But we'll, make him, look like, we'll make him look more like Miles Terry. Don't worry about it. You don't want that. That'd be several sacks in the game. Trust me. Me coming off the edge against, uh, yeah, dread to think for our team. No, I'd, I'd put Wilson against me. You'd be alright. <laughs> um, but no, and they've got them, and I think they've got Sandejo. I believe. I think they got him from the Vikings last year, and he's a decent player. But other than that, I don't see many threats on their defense that worries me. Whether I think they're going to stop Henry, and that's that's the matchup I've started doing against teams now. It's okay, well, what are they going to throw in front for Henry to run over? And if they're big enough, then I start to think, oh, we might have to sort of pass it a little bit more. I mean, Cleveland have looked a lot better since OBJ went down with his injury. Jarvis Landry's looked like a different player. And I I agree, I think Chubb and Hunt outside of Derrick Henry and arguably Dalvin Cook is the best running backs in the league. And the way that the two of them work together. Um, works really well, so it's almost like they're always on the field at the whole time, so no one's tired because you can interchange them and they can both do very similar roles. Um, but I just feel like we have too much room for that defense offensively. Mayfield's all over the place, isn't he? He sort of has hit and miss games, and hopefully this is just one of his miss games. But I, I feel like we we have too much for that defense going into it. Um, and going forward, I, I'd argue that I mean five wins. Why not? Especially, <laughs> I mean, the the Jags is already a win. Let, let's let's be honest; that doesn't even count as a game. Uh, Will Fuller, <laughs> Will Fuller's just been done for the season because of a head suspension, so Houston haven't got a receiver. Just after they cut Kenny Stills. Yeah, 
which is the classic Texans thing. And I mean, and then Detroit, uh, Detroit, and yeah, the Packers. It's again their defense. I don't think we'll be able to keep it with Henry. So obviously, that's looking too much into the future. But starting with Sunday, we'll 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 knock the Browns down quite easily. <laughs> all right, Greg. It's all about stopping Chubb for me, and also um, it'll be very interesting to see how they use him. I think the, I mean, I know the Colts kind of got blown blown away in the end, but if you look at the first game, the way they used Hines and the way that they kind of they they, they did it a lot on Sunday, and I noticed it where they were doing a lot of screen screen passes and, and forcing players like Compton and David Long to make a play. And we know David Long has just come back. Um, we know that Compton, with respect, isn't the greatest middle linebacker we've got. Um, they're double-teaming on Rashawn Evans. And they're just getting quite a bit of joy in those areas. So if they if they do use Chubb or Hunt in that capacity, I, uh, there's a worry, I think. Also, I think we're probably favourites for this game. So we're bound to lose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, look at the games. The games we're expected to win. We always end up losing. We don't seem to show up to, to them all the time. And and this is a game that off two big, big highs, one in Baltimore, overtime win, one blowout win against the Colts. You haven't got the momentum of of, of Baltimore where you've you know you've played right to the end and, and, and won it. You've kind of had a half where you've kind of been playing get a bit of garbage time. This is gonna be a different game. I don't think it's gonna be easy. I don't think it's gonna be a, a walkover. I still think we should win it really, but it's definitely all about stopping Chubb and stopping that one-two punch of him and Hunt, um, not giving them any opportunities to to catch anything um, out of the backfield and, and and avoid those kind of screens. We are definitely we definitely miss Jalen Brown on on Sunday for for that purpose. But luckily, I think uh, the offense really kind of took control of the game and we got the stops when we needed them, so it didn't really matter in the end. But it's going to be a slog. I think it's going to be a diff- much more difficult game, but we've just got to put also the pressure on Mayfield because I, I still maintain yeah, that guy yeah. is nowhere near the level that his draft position suggested and nowhere near the, the level that makes him anywhere near an elite quarterback. And he looks really sluggish as well. He, he doesn't look like he moves particularly well outside the pocket. Um, a bit of his swagger's gone. Like, that was carrying him a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. It's a strange one. He, he to me, just doesn't... He's not the threat this Sunday. Um, the threat is definitely stopping stopping their run game. And I think it will be a case of both teams trying to stop each other's run game. But I feel yeah. we've got more in our arsenal outside of, outside of Derek Henry. We've got Corey Davis. We've got AJ Brown. Hopefully Humphreys will be back because I think he is a bit underrated in terms of we, we have missed him in, in big big play situations. He's um, a good outlet, isn't he? Um, absolutely. Let's Well, let's, in terms of what the Browns have got to offer, um, I spoke yesterday to Sean, who does, who's on from the, the Full 10 Yards podcast. Um, he knows and um, know a lot more about um, the Browns star players and lesser known players as well than we do. Um, so here's my chat with Sean. Joining us now on the Transatlantic Titans podcast, we have Sean Blundell from the, the Full 10 Yards. Um, welcome to the show, Sean. Hi, Adam. Thanks for having me, mate. Uh, pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but the Titans are playing the Browns this week and we are both 8-3. and 2020 has just been weird, hasn't it? I mean... Can can you well? Firstly, can you quite believe that the Cleveland Browns are eight and three, and and secondly, are they are they legit? 
Um, I, I think in terms of can I believe it, no. I've watched them for <laughs> 11 years without missing a game, and this is now actually the first non-losing season I will officially complete in terms of watching. Uh, so that was the, the the best thing about yesterday is we can no longer obviously finish below 500 for the first time in 12 <laughs> years. Um, in terms of are they legit, they're doing what they need to do. They're beating teams that they should beat. Um, they're getting a bit of criticism for not necessarily performing against the so-called big guns. But with that being said, you've got to take care of business against anybody. A win's still equal. doesn't matter who the opposition is. And you know, you've only got to look at what the Raiders did yesterday. Everyone assumed that they would roll up and, and beat the Falcons. Obviously, they got a, a trounce in. The Browns, yes, it wasn't pretty. It was a little bit too close for comfort. But you know, ultimately, pulled out another win against the Jags. As you say, moves into eight and three, and you know, realistically, when when you say are they legit, they deserve to be where they are. Do I think they're going to cause a huge amount of noise throughout the rest of the season and potentially January? Probably not. But I suppose as you guys know, getting to January is one thing. Once you're there, anything can happen. I think many people would have probably looked at the Titans last year and thought. They're a bit of a you know a sort of noisy nuisance if you like in the playoffs, and everybody just assumed that they wouldn't last <laughs> too long. And you know there you went all the way to the the championship game. So once you're in, then obviously anything yeah, can abs- happen. So absolutely, any given Sunday and all that. There's no you know once once you're there, it's it's a knockout format, obviously, and and any, anyone can beat anybody on their day. Absolutely. Um, man. What about the performances? I mean, you say yeah, obviously. Yeah, you've only lost three games all season. So regardless of any flack for playing the NFC East or anything else, you've still got to beat what's in front of you. Um, Baker Mayfield's the the first question, really, um, who's probably divided a a lot of opinions since he's he's come into the league. Um, He's won eight games, obviously. Um, Do you see him as your guy going forward? Is that probably not a simple question? Yeah, and I don't think it's a simple answer. And the reason I say that is you've got to think now this is already Baker's third different head coach in three years in Cleveland. He obviously came in under Hugh Jackson, then had the disastrous Freddie Kitchens last year, and then obviously on to Kevin Stefanski. This year, obviously, completely different with no off-season, obviously having to install a new system remotely, as obviously everybody across the world has had to adjust the way they prepare for anything. And I think he's done a reasonable job. The biggest criticism from people from the outside looking in is if you looked at the numbers, they certainly don't jump off the page. He's not throwing for a ton of yardage. He's not throwing for, you know, multiple touchdowns week after week. In fact, he's just gone basically a month until yesterday without throwing for a touchdown pass. But what he has done effectively, and he's actually on a career streak at the moment, I think it's 147 pass attempts now without an interception. And that's the key thing. He's, t- he's he's really sort of got on top of being the reason that the Browns are in a bad position. You know, he's not necessarily elevating them to the next level. I'm not. I'm never a huge fan of the term game manager, but I think when you've got an offense that has got the sort of star power that we have got, particularly in the running back room, which I'm sure we'll come on to, what you don't need from your quarterback is him to lose the game for you. You need him to keep you in the game. And he's made some some great throws when he's needed to. He's very frustrating in as much as he, he missed a wide open touchdown throw yesterday, 
which I think even you know poor old Kendall Hilton might have actually completed for Denver <laughs> yesterday. Um, it was just an absolute shocker, and there's no real rhyme or reason for it. But then he makes other throws into a, a really tight window, and he, he shows enough glimpses that you would certainly want to stick with him. I think the Browns will, in all likelihood, pick up his fifth-year option. He's obviously on the third year of his rookie contract. Um, and I think they'll evaluate him another 12 months down the line, hopefully with a, a complete sort of off-season programme of work. Um, you know, but he, let's put it this way. He, he's certainly the best quarterback that I've seen play over the last 11 years, and that's not even close. And that's quite a list. I'm not going to make you name them all. Um, you don't have time <laughs> for that. <laughs> Obviously, they've. it helps when you've got a ground game that's working and, well, the Titans and the Browns are two teams who've certainly got that. Um, having not just Nick Chubb, but Kareem Hunt as well. Um, you've you've got to be pretty happy with, with that. That takes a bit of pressure off Baker, obviously. Um, I, yeah, I imagine you're going to fancy against the Titans another another big game on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, the Browns are what they are. They're a run first team, and then you shouldn't be embarrassed by that. If you're good at it, until somebody can stop you, as far as I'm concerned, just just keep on doing it. I'm sure you'd be quite happy to see Derek Henry touch the ball 50 times a game, as long as you know his body could hold up to it and and absolutely. all the rest of it. Yeah. Then yeah. you know, just keep feeding him the rock. Um, I mean, you mentioned Kareem Hunt there, and he he for me is a very 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 nice additional piece to the offence but it's all really about number 24 it is about Nick Chubb since he's come back from him Browns average around about 190 yards of rushing game with him in the lineup compared to 95 without him in the lineup you're nearly doubling the production so for as good as a back as Kareem Hunt is it's very much a one-two punch and it's almost it's almost a one-two punch in terms of first half second half as well um, the level of production in the second half, once defences are obviously wearing down, is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, Nick Chubb leads the league in rushes of over 20 yards, um, and he's considerably, you know, I think a fair way clearing that now. I think he's got three or four occasions of that clear of his next challenger. And when you think he's actually missed three or four games of the season through an injury, which landed him on IR for, you know, a few weeks, it, he, for me, he's just... The Browns will go as far as what Nick Chubb carries them. The game was on the line yesterday, you know, in terms of the Browns holding a two-point lead. The Jags knew we were going to run the ball. We ran the ball, got a first down. It was pulled back by a penalty. Third and 12, if the Jags get the ball back, you know, it's only a field goal game. It was actually a screen pass to Nick Chubb, which is, you know, something nobody expected. I think as soon as Kareem Hunt (laughs) comes on, people think, oh, the Browns might pass it out of the backfield. Um, but it was just a dump off to Chubb and again, just making people miss, gain the yardage and, you know, and essentially sorted away another win for the Browns. So it is all about 24, um, although they are an excellent one-two punch, as you say. And the passing game, as obviously we touched on a little bit, we're talking about Baker Mayfield. Um, Odell Beckham obviously has gone down. Um, finally, Jarvis Landry is catching, catching touchdown passes. Um, they're... You know, the the Browns haven't been short of shiny pieces. Um, if yeah, it's not obviously it's not just about about Chubb and the and the ground game. Um, are you? Yeah, I mean we we touched on it as I say with Baker, but are you happy with the the receiving production? 
Yeah, I think if you look at the receiving core as a whole, and if I include the sort of tight ends in there in terms of, you know, Austin Hooper caught a touchdown pass this mm-hmm. week. He, he's Again, he's another one. His numbers don't necessarily jump off the page, but he's been a, a reliable, you know, target. Whenever a ball seemingly he's thrown in his direction, he's got a short pair of hands. I don't remember him dropping too many, which is something we've suffered from with, with David and Joku in that position over the past few years. So he's provided a nice steady presence. Um, I know you normally ask for a bit of a under-the-radar kind of guy, so it's maybe the time for me to, to bring it <laughs> out for you. And that's um, Kaderil Hodge, um, who's sort of probably the third receiver on the depth chart. Now he would have obviously been probably fourth, maybe even fifth, when we had Odell Beckham and, and we also had Jojo Natson, who was being used creatively as a bit of a speedy guy. But Kaderil Hodge has come on, predominantly used on special teams the bulk of last year. Um, but he's developed a, a seemingly nice chemistry with with Baker Mayfield. Um, again, come up with another couple of clutch catches yesterday. Big one on a, a third down play right on the boundary where he showed excellent body control to get himself in. Um, and, and like I say, he does seem to have, have developed a nice um, rapport with Baker. I think obviously once Beckham and, and Landry are in the lineup, they get so much attention from opposition defences and, and we've always needed that third guy to really step up and like I say, Kaderil Hodges has really done a nice job of that in recent weeks. Rashad Higgins is the other one, he's probably not so much under the radar I think a few people have started to, to sort of hear that name in you know, in terms of you know people picking up in fantasy football and all of that type of thing, he's sort of elevated up to second on the depth chart with the injury to Odell, as you mentioned. And again, he's another one that you can go back three years with his chemistry with Baker Mayfield. So the the, the big advantage that has been for the Browns since Beckham went down, ironically, is it actually seemingly has improved the play of Mayfield. He's just become, like I said earlier, he's eliminated. The negative plays, it almost felt at times as though he was forcing the ball to Odell. Um, whereas now, it's essentially, if you're the open guy, it doesn't matter whether you receive a 1, 2, 3, or tight end 1, 2, 3 in, in, the, in the pattern, I'm going to find you and you're going to be the guy that gets the ball. So, Kaderil Hodge might be an eye to, uh, a guy to keep an eye on come, uh, come Sunday. So, Beckham's injury might actually simplify things in a good way, if that doesn't sound a strange way of looking at it no I th- look i think that's fair you know let's be honest he's high profile um it obviously came with a lot of bells and whistles let's be honest we're talking about the browns eight and three and are we surprised you know last year many people were crowning them as playoff contenders and, and all the rest of it before a ball was thrown last year because of the the off season that they'd had and obviously beckham was the shining light in that sort of recruitment drive and people expected big things it hasn't quite worked out for beckham in cleveland to be completely honest the injury, if anything, complicates things for the future because he's guaranteed a certain amount of money and at that time he will still be injured. Um, so, you know, the yeah. only way the Browns will get off the hook for that is if they trade him. But, you know, obviously that's for that's for the off-season. We'll wait and see where we are come then. What about the other side of the ball and the, and the defence? Uh, as much as a, of a, as a running game will help Baker, so will a strong defence. And uh, it's, it's, it's done OK, I think, from what I... From what I've seen, um, how confident are you in being able to stop the Titans, you know, particularly Derek Henry, um, but also the the aerial game with them, um, particularly play action from Tannehill? Yeah, the the defense has actually improved over recent weeks. Um, I mean, we've had 
quite a number of games recently in bad weather, so obviously you have to take that into account a little bit. That's sort of slowed the offences on both Every sides Every home of the game in Cleveland's been in bad weather, I think. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, yesterday on the road to the Jags, we really struggled to slow down James Robinson, which obviously gives me huge amounts of concern for this upcoming week. If we can't slow down James Robinson, I'm not exactly looking forward to to Derrick Henry coming at us. But with that being said, we should, in theory, get Miles Garrett back this week. He's been on the COVID list for the last two weeks. Um, so all being well, assuming that he obviously tests negative, he should be in line to be reactivated this week. And he will obviously be a huge boost um, to the defensive line. For me, he's the best defensive lineman in the game. And I mean that from an all-round perspective. Yes, he gets the, the highlight plays in terms of the sacks. But, you know, he's actually very stellar against the run as well. Sets the edge very well. Um, he's, he's just an excellent all-round player. Oh, yeah, um, he scares me. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously I know the Titans have obviously got difficulties at the tackle position, so it would be you know a huge boost for us if we could obviously get uh, Garrett back in. On the back end, it's a bit of a different story. We're actually starting to get a little bit thin there. Um, Denzel Ward, our top cornerback, uh, he'll be missing. He's been out, uh, well, he missed this week. He's due to be out for about three to four weeks with a calf strain. He's been having a great season up until that point. Um, he was replaced by Kevin Johnson yesterday. Bit of a journeyman. Um, did okay yesterday, but obviously, you know, let's be honest, the Jags weren't exactly fielding star-studded wide receivers yesterday. Um, Terence Mitchell will start opposite. And then in the safety position, which is where we've really struggled this year, one of our... Draft picks, Grant Delpit never even made a snap this year. He got injured in, in the preseason. Um, you know, we, we've essentially had a mix of Andrew Sendejo, who, believe it or not, as a safety, had his first pass breakup of the year in week 12 yesterday. That's how bad Andrew Sendejo has been. Um, Carl Joseph, who we signed in the off-season, Again, not exactly setting the world alight. Um, the one encouraging spark has been um, a guy we traded for from the Jags, ironically, Ronnie Harrison. Um, he was a, a sort of fifth-round um, pick that we gave away for a, a former third-rounder of the Jags. I think he only came out of the draft last year, I want to say. Don't quote me on that, but he's certainly not been in the league long. He's provided an excellent spark. Um, but unfortunately, he was actually injured on the first play of the game yesterday, so I couldn't tell you whether he's going to be good for Sunday or not, probably doesn't sound great if he obviously goes off on the first play of the game and can't get back in there. Um, so certainly depleted in that secondary. Um, and, and the real concern, and I think it's just the way the team is being built, is there's, there's not an awful lot of emphasis on the linebacker room. Um, again, it's made up of a mix and match of you know some young players that none of them are really sort of flashing and showing huge signs of improvement as the season has progressed. The veteran presence is provided by, you know, Malcolm Smith, who obviously back in the day was a Super Bowl MVP. Um, but, you know, obviously there's a reason that he was a, a street-free agent. So, you know, they're, they're a bit of a hodgepodge of, of sort of guys back there in the linebacker room. But overall, as you say, the defence has played reasonably well, certainly of late. Um, it'll all come down to, you know, the defensive front four. Um, on paper, it's excellent. Like I said, particularly if Garrett's there, Garrett, Sheldon, Richardson, Larry Ogan, Joby, Olivier Vernon, they're a good four. And yeah, like I say, yeah. if, if we can get a tune out of them, then you know the Browns will have a reasonable chance. But uh, based on Sunday, like I said, they're certainly going to need to improve things in the running game. As a score prediction, or how you think the game's going to go in Nashville? Then um, could be a lot of yards on the ground for both teams. Um, how confident are you? Give us a score prediction. 
Uh, it could be a quick game, couldn't it? Um, I, don't know what the, I don't know what the record is for the shortest game in NFL history, but yeah, this one could be uh, could nice be up to, there. Nice to get it done by sort of half past eight. You know, see the witching hour unfold on red zone afterwards. Uh, it sounds alright well, to I, me. I, I have heard rumours that it could be flexed to Sunday night football, but whether we'll whether that materialises, we'll wait and see because of the record. But uh, obviously, as we're recording this, as you say, it is six o'clock. So let's hope it it stays there from a UK perspective. Um, if I'm honest, I think it's a game that the Titans probably do win. Um, and I think, again, from a Browns perspective, I think the important thing is, if that is the case, not to overreact to that. I think, again, you know, back to what I said earlier, beat the teams we're supposed to beat. You know, you jokingly said at the start, you know, can you believe we're sitting here both eight and three? You know, and realistically, you know, whatever happens between now and the end of the season, this will have been a good season for the Cleveland Browns. They've improved a lot. Um, they've still got a fairly young nucleus of talent. They're obviously going to get another year in Stefanski's system under the belt for next year. So, you know, all things are looking rosy. In terms of an actual score prediction, I would go something along the lines of 28 to 21, maybe 28 to 17, something like that. Um, you know, I, I just don't see how the Browns do stop Derrick Henry. Um, and obviously the big playability of, of A.J. Brown. I'd have been more confident with Denzel Ward covering A.J. Brown. Um, he's a very good man, cover corner. Um, Terrence Mitchell has a not has the sort of, you know, the sort of nasty habit of getting a little bit handsy. Um, you know, so we'll wait and see how that develops. But I do think it'll be a good game. If I was the Browns, I'd win the toss and I'd receive. I'd try and get ahead. Because um, I think as soon as we slip behind, if we do indeed slip behind, I think it will be a long road back and it doesn't necessarily suit our way of playing. And it's, you know, the sort of done thing now to get the ball and defer. But if I was the Browns, I'd try and get ahead on the scoreboard, play with a bit of scoreboard pressure, if at all possible. Um, and obviously, like I say, everybody knows the game plan. Keep it on the ground. Keep uh, keep King Henry on the sidelines. That's got to be the way forward. But, you know, that's, that's pretty much everybody's game plan, I would imagine, moving in and not everybody is able to pull it off, are they? So... Fingers crossed the Browns can on Sunday, from our point of view, at least, anyway. OK. Um, thanks very much for your time, Sean. Um, it's been, been great to great to chat. Um, if they don't know already, where can people find you and, and the work you do in the full 10 yards? Yeah, as you say, mate, at, um, at full 10 yards on Twitter. So full 10 yards, basically an all singing, all dancing American football uh, social enterprise these days so doing yeah. some, some good work in the community trying to get people through on coaching courses and develop the game in this country but as you've as you've just mentioned there mate we cover everything in terms of nfl college fantasy you know you name it we cover it and obviously articles podcasts and, and a quiz which a certain someone is uh, actually quite good <laughs> at and leading the way through 12 weeks of the season so yeah come and check us out like I say at full 10 yards on twitter we're on facebook youtube and, and all the rest of the stuff as well Great stuff. Um, hopefully we'll do this again when we meet in the playoffs, if that's all right with you. That sounds fantastic to me, mate. Sign me up now. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, thanks again for your time, Sean. Take care. Appreciate it. Cheers, Adam. There we go. Even Sean thinks that um, the Titans are going to win. So uh, if that, that doesn't convince you, what will? Uh, one thing just to cl- clear up from that is that the game isn't going to be flexed. Um, I think we know that now. Um, there was some talk of it being moved to Sunday night football, which it deserved to because the Sunday night football is now going to be the Broncos. <laughs> um, but um, good news for UK fans. It's going to be the 6 p.m. game. It looks like um, 
I don't know yet if we're on Sky again. I think there's probably a case for it again. Uh, so, you know, more a more reliable feed. Um, but, you know, Sky. Um, Some lines to see where first down is. Yeah, that, oh, that's that's been annoying. That oh. we, we had those back and they're gone again. Sky are blaming I CBS, I think. CBS probably... I don't, I don't think they've announced the, the games yet, so... Uh, I don't know, three weeks in a row? Oh, I, can't see, I can't see it's been on again, yeah, sure. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, before we move into non-Titans related, I just put a tweet out um, before we started recording to see if anything our listeners wanted us to cover off. Um, first reply... I don't. Well, actually, I don't. I'm not going to bother with replies from anybody that I'm talking to. Um, Brian Hurley, barbecue pizza worse than Hawaiian pizza. Uh, they're both dreadful. Um, I don't think we need to go any further. Uh, Patrick Jackson, uh, friend friend of the show, um, Jags fan. If you can put 45 points on the Colts, who have one of the best defenses in the league, just how goddamn many do I have to brace myself for when you next play the Jags? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, well, that long awaited 50 burger um, could be on the cards. It never goes like that, though, does it? No, not, not against Jacksonville. Yeah. It's, always, it's always like a. It'll be 15 13 or something really rubbish. Um, but yeah, hopefully not. 9 6, ideally. Um, 9 6, yeah. Uh, from a quick a question here from Yessie Ketz. I'm not sure who that is. Um, would Greg like chicken or pork for dinner? Like I, like I ever say in the matter. <laughs> <laughs> I get what I'm given. Yeah, absolutely. And don't <laughs> complain. Um, the Irish Titans. Could the Titans have the same success with Terry Rabisky as quarterback now? <laughs> oh, we haven't, we haven't got enough hours in the day for this one, have we? <laughs> well, based on some of the videos that I've seen on their fleets, um, of Terry Rabisky doing all sorts, firing guns, running, dancing. He looks pretty agile in some of those. I'd like to think he could do a job. Can he play quarterback? Uh, I don't think we'll be seeing a dory. Be good for cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Breon Borders, Stan. Who's that? Nevada Titan um, says, how many diamonds will be on the Titan Super Bowl ring this year? That feels like a question for Miles. All of them. Um, how many diamonds <laughs> would we have on the ring? <laughs> Probably 69, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I like that. Um, okay, right. Non-Titans related. Um, Brian, any other business from yourself? I haven't left the house in about two weeks. Uh, no, nothing's really pissed me Except off. Except, ironically, so. <laughs> when we were recording last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you had to, had to make the trip to the post office. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, no, um, nothing's really upset me at the minute, so I'm going to be boring and say I've got nothing to provide today. Okay. Um, Greg, it's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken to you. Something's got to have irked you in that time, blimey. There's plenty. I can take two if you want, Brian, if you want now. Um, mine is, um, is around advent calendars. And just how much of a waste of money advent calendars are for the for the sheer value for the sheer value you get out of out of advent calendars. Like they are just they literally are doing 
doing you over on this one. You can get you can get you can get for the same price. You can get probably five times the chocolate or whatever you get from your advent calendar. But also, um, just on advent calendars as well, is the the kind of novelty ones you get now that it always used to be chocolate. Now it seems like you can get loads of different ones. You can get like whiskey and cheese, and I just feel like just stop, just. Just do if you're gonna do advent calendars, just make it you know celebrations one. Definitely not, definitely not Quality Street. Is, um, does that exist? Quality no doubt. Street advent calendar. Yeah, go for it. You, you if you want to be a mug and buy one, then you go for it. That's absolutely fine. See, Brian's Brian, just showing us on, on, a, on an audio podcast. Brian is currently showing us an advent calendar that looks like it's a wooden advent. The calendar. numbers are in order. <laughs> yeah, yeah how no challenge finding the, <laughs> yeah, the drawers. Yeah. Of, I find what, it's what is in those? They you can open number lint. one. <laughs> lint chocolate, you know, the lint balls. Uh, okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. They, haven't, they, haven't, they haven't been filled up yet. <laughs> and I'm sorry, so, again, yeah, this is, this is an audio behind. podcast, but I've just seen stacks and stacks of toilet roll there. I know where they've all gone from my supermarket. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> you either got a serious case of diarrhea or a serious case of panic shopper. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is. Costco. Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe no. when it's a good deal, you've got to cash in, haven't you? Deal's a deal, I was going to say. I've got a similar stack of Jaffa cakes, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a cake or a biscuit, though? No, we're not oh, going to go there. I'll save that one for next week. <laughs> Um, was was that your rant, Greg? Or, uh... Uh, yeah, just just how pointless advent calendars are, and just how bad value they are, and yeah, just generally why why people seem to grow go with the novelty. I, I can understand if you've got kids, by the way, and Adam's looking at me like, yeah, I've got kids who I can understand it, but as an adult, <laughs> just yeah, grow up. I've had a I've had the last two or three years a beer advent calendar, which I've enjoyed. It, but as you say, it's not value for money for the beer. If you bought that beer, you could get it on a better it's like deal. A, it's like a really small can or a really small... No, it's like... no a full-size... This is your advent calendar. Uh, pretty big. Is it uh, just a crate? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just a crate of beer that you've cut holes in. Essentially, that's that's what it is with a bit of Christmas crate, font. Crate of stuff. 24 beers and it's an advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that's what the alcoholics say. It's the only way you're successful is to drink at 9am in the morning. It's fine because it's from my advent calendar. <laughs> Especially working up, working from home. You know, it's, it's, all, it's all good. Okay. Uh, no, I've, uh, I've not got one, though, this time. I've got a lint advent calendar, and it, the first door had a big reindeer behind it. And apparently that's the only reindeer in the whole thing. So I'm just going to be disappointed for the next 23 days. Good. It's a peak too early on door number one. Um, <laughs> Miles, what have you what have you got for us? Anything culinary, I imagine. Well, thing. I I didn't at first, but I thought it'd be good to mention. You might have seen following on from Brian's comment on the Twitter with regards to um, pizza. We we had our little individual battle amongst us all, and I just wanted to emphasise that barbecue base came out on top with the transatlantic titans uh, barbecue versus tomato based pizza fight, and I think it's only right that the public know. The oh, barbecue right. is supreme. Hold on, hold on. The, the, this is the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a bit boring here. I'm gonna have to play this card, but it was a biased poll because you can't. It wasn't barbecue or tomato. That wasn't the question. It was barbecue, yes or no. Very different. 
You didn't. Other, you, you know, I've, that's fine. I I will appreciate. But barbecue came out on top versus anything else. So well, regardless of what, and rightly so. It's a disgrace. Wow. It sounds <laughs> like another poll. Get it on there, but you'll just be more disappointed. The public know that. Yeah, barbecue's superior in every way. Titans fans know they've got taste, and you 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 need to do a poll with a load of Jags fans, and you might be all right. But Titans fans know how to rig a poll. That much, <laughs> that much I can tell you. I will happily buy bots to make sure this this goes our way. Uh, this is uh, no, it's it's hundred percent. It's right. It's it's. I don't understand why anyone would put put barbecue pizza in the bin. It's it's the only way to eat pizza nowadays. It's like it's the best. I, I went a bit left field last week and ordered the Pizza Hut Christmas pizza. Out, which, oh, which, no. Yeah, is, I, is I, the I one did. that's got like cranberry in it and stuff. I don't think it cran- cran- didn't have cranberry. Is it just turkey and stuffing? No, it's not even turkey. It's chicken and stuffing and bacon. But it had none of that, none of that matters. It was what the base was gravy. Red wine gravy. Uh, brackets contains alcohol so they, they i had one from this was when you were allowed to go out and see people last year um we went out to i think it was pizza express were doing one and they were doing and they had i think it was cranberry instead but it was dry as hell because obviously they couldn't just stick loads of cranberry in there and cranberry is just a bit messy yeah. wouldn't it yeah disgusting I hate cranberry sauce <laughs> We've we've mentioned cranberry on the podcast before, haven't we? Of like a strong dislike. It's jam. It. It's jam. That's in, it's in the same category as jam, and let's face it, jam doesn't deserve to be on anything jam. other than toast, and it's, it's ranked crap, jam. jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mind a bit of cranberry on my Christmas dinner. Of course you don't, Adam. You also want tomato on your pizza. What's wrong like with you? Like normal people. <laughs> no, no, what's wrong with you? You go to Naples, Greg. Have you ever been to Italy? Yeah, I went to Milan and said, where's the barbecue? home of pizza. <laughs> do you get barbecue on the pizza there? No, you do not. Look, mate, I, I, to be honest, I'm not actually that fussy, but I, I still wouldn't say it's getting the bin. Like, it's 100% getting my belly instead of getting the bin. So, yeah, I just wanted to make the public aware that there yeah, are some people on the uh, Transatlantic there are some, podcast the public, that... There are some idiots out there, you know. Listen, there are people with COVID that know that barbecue tastes better on pizza than tomorrow. <laughs> That's because they've got they COVID. Can't taste anything. Can't and but, also, um, uh, is this, I, I was just looking at the poll a minute ago. We created an option for Jamie Cutridge, which is both suck. And I'm starting to wonder if he doesn't think they both suck because he hasn't actually responded. So, no, Jamie, if you're there. He for bar- barbecue. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Well, because he, he, why wouldn't he? <laughs> controversial Jamie controversial but, um, I, bet but yeah, bad, anyway. I bet you had a bad feeling about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he has a bad feeling about this this Sunday coming up as well right I think um, I think that should about wrap it up <laughs> that's more than enough pizza chat um, arguably no it's never enough Titans chat but here we are we'll be we'll be with you all week um, yeah, fingers crossed. We could go nine, nine and three. Can I say that out loud? I, 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 don't, I don't even know what that <laughs> means. I've only ever heard of nine and seven. <laughs> yeah, well, we could end up nine and seven. That that may go that way. Who knows? Um, but yes, we'll catch you catch you next week. Hopefully, on the back of a, a win against the Browns, tighten up.
Sign up. Sign up. Sign up.